Today on Disco Ritos, parenting advice from two people who just started a Star Trek podcast. Okay, so this is how it's going to play out. I'm Chris, a lifelong Star Trek fan. And I'm Andrea, a casual dabbler of the Star Trek world. Together we are going to have fun, watch episodes, and try and become the best Trekkies we can. Because we're experts. Wait, I got my kids into Star Trek pretty good. My kid. That's true. And he's actually quite difficult. He is one of those rare kids that doesn't like TV. Well, it's, he likes TV, but he likes a very specific type of TV. And then I want to not pressure him into things that I liked. And unfortunately, Star Trek was kind of like a deal breaker. He had to like it or, or move yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I always, with parenting nowadays, everyone, the biggest thing was they were pressuring their kids into liking what they like. And you don't want to do that because, you know, that causes them to rebel and stuff like that and definitely not like the things you like. So introducing my kid into Star Trek, I started, I started the wrong way. I introduced him with the next generation. And if you compare the next generation to TV today... Kids' shows are a lot flashier, a lot faster. There's always something happening. There's so many cuts and stuff and changes. TV's just a lot faster, especially kids' shows, because it keeps their attention more. So then you give them something like The Next Generation, where it's like slow and methodical, and like there's four minutes of techno babble or data just sitting there typing and talking about the transwarp inducer. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't think that transwarp inducers in Next Generation, but... No, I should. Le- I think they should just let the transwarp just go at its own pace. Yeah, don't induce transwarp? Yeah, no. It, this ship knows when it's ready for transwarp. <laughs> we don't need some other people coming in to, to tell it when, when it's when to push <laughs> Well, so that's that's why I started with, with our kid. We, we have two kids, the younger one. We still we got still got work to do to get her in a trek, but the older one is starting to come around. But I tried uh, the next generation that didn't work, and then the Borg came in, and he did not like the Borg. No. He, he's got a thing about hating like or not liking like really evil people. Bad guys. Yeah, people people that can't be redeemed. Yeah, bad guys. like the Borg can't be redeemed. Ooh, well, well, let's not talk about Picard because you haven't offensive. seen Picard yet. Well, no, even just seven of nine. She was Borg once. Yeah, but she wasn't redeemed. She was rescued. But that's that's. But for... aren't all Borg just people in need of rescue? That's deep. All Borg are people in need of rescue. We'll get shirts made, and then we don't have to worry about any of this. You can start a fund. We, I, I, you know, there, there's Save something the there. Borg. Borg fund me. <laughs> yeah. So then, I, then I tried Voyager. I thought Voyager was a little bit more fast paced. Turns out, not as much. And it's, it's hard with any of the Treks. The first seasons of any Trek are not the best seasons. That's true. It's uh, there was I was reading something where, like, all Star Trek, the first three seasons are always the roughest ones, with the exception of the original series, which only, I think, had three seasons. Or two, maybe. But uh, tried Voyager. It went okay, but not great. Um, and I didn't even try Deep Space Nine, because Deep Space Nine is literally just kind of a soap opera. I feel like adults can't even get into DS9. Oh, don't say, don't, no, oh. don't say that. Oh. You know what? And, and, and to anyone who's offended, I've actually never seen an episode of DS9. It's okay. just from the chitter-chatter I hear. We, we will start watching DS9, me and you, because that's the same thing as I didn't watch DS9 either. Because Star Trek, to me, was always exploration and going out and stuff. And I did watch, like, I watched 
here or there episodes, and I did start watching it a bit. But that, that doesn't matter. That's that's neither here nor there. That it was it wasn't something that was going to get the kids' attention because it was all cerebral too. But what I didn't think about is I was I was thinking about us. How would we get into Star Trek when we were kids? But we have new Trek now, so yes. so I didn't think about it. And this was just around Prodigy just came out when I decided to come up with this idea because Lower Decks. We thought Lower Decks would be good, but that's it's more a, adult. It's, it's much more crude humor. Like teenage kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and Prodigy, we I didn't know what to think about Prodigy. Because I'm like, oh, that's kind of like... I thought it was kind of like just kind of selling out Star Trek a bit. But we watched the first episode. Uh, we watched I, it without the kids first. Yeah, I think you actually didn't like the first episode because it was all on the mining planet. and That's... that's like it wasn't even... I, w- I was wondering where they were going to go to get into the Star Trek universe. I thought it was just like Star Trek in name. But then we watched the first episode and both the kids got got into it. They stuck around for it. Yeah. Which was helpful. Not only this, a 20 minute episode instead of an hour or 40 or 50 minutes, however long the other tracks were. Um, they stuck around for it and they liked it. And they started kind of identifying with the characters. So Prodigy, in our first first thing to if your your kids are between the ages of say six to ten six to ten start on prodigy and here's why we will we will cover a couple reasons why we want to start on prodigy reason the first the premise the premise is that they don't know anything about the federation and they don't know anything about pretty much star trek so as as they're learning you're learning too yeah so so episode or the reason the first to get to your kids in a prodigy is because it's a very mild introduction into Star Trek. When you first meet Hologram Janeway, with us, that's a big thing. Because we're like, oh, we know her. But with the kids, that's just another character on the show. Yeah. So that that takes us to... Uh, do you have any thoughts on, on that besides, you know, it's a good no. introduction? I, you know, I, I found that useful for myself as well. Getting to learn a bit more about Star Trek with the kids. The second thing is the characters. Are kids aged? They're they're kids aged, and they are so very different from each of of them. They are. They 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 feel like fully fleshed out characters, unique and exciting. And there's a lot of room for growth too. They a lot all, of room. They for all growth. have their thing, but a lot of the two of them are where, who am I? Where are they from? Kind of thing. There's the ball of energy, zero, and. Uh, He's for not being a non-corporeal character. He he's well rounded. <laughs> Ball of energy, <laughs> rounded. I got it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, uh, that's good. But he, I I like that he even has a character arc kind of thing. Where I guess we don't know too much about him. We know you can't look at him straight on, or it all messes it, with your brain. He'll go insane. But the main character Dal, I think he's the most identifiable because he's uh, you can he's most humanoid. So the kids will kind of identify. Uh, with him well Gwen's pretty humanoid too but he also he wants to be the captain but like me as a kid had no captain experience or anything so he's kind of living the dream of the kid who wanted to be captain without any experience still could do that so he just kept trying to put himself in a leadership position despite having no discernible traits and you know actually I really like the character of Rock the interesting thing about Rock is she's kind of like a real child Yes. It's, it's hard because like she's, she has like the voice of a child and kind of like the behavior of a child, only she's way bigger than all of them. Yeah, she has the strength of more than an adult, of many adults. Yeah, and she's also got that um, 
youthful optimism from them all coming from like this prison planet they're they're all pretty have a good optimistic look on life and this is probably why it's helpful for kids to identify with these characters is because regardless of the situation they're in they're always looking for the positive way and the optimistic way even when they're down about it they're always trying to make it work and i think that's a big overarching uh theme theme that's theme of star trek which is it should be is that there's always positivity and there's light in the darkness yes and there's and the crew becomes family like that's another thing that i've noticed with star trek it's it's really about being more than just co-workers or co-adventurers it's like truly a family and here it's like star trek and the fast and the furious Yes. It's about family. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so it is about family. It's a, it's it's another one of those. It's not about the family you're born with. It's a family you, you make along the way. Wow. I think this might be Space Fast and the Furious. I just starting to realize that. And there, there's a rock in it, too. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let, let's see. What, what other characters that the kids really like? I The enemy. Well, when we, when we talk about, uh, uh, what's her name? Gwen. Gwen's kind of the uh, the main. It turns into a kind antagonist. of antagonist. Not antagonist. No. There's there's a term for it, where she's not a bad person or a good person at the beginning, but it's just her situation. So, it's it's the one conflict that starts that's a little heavier for kids is between her and her father, and I find a lot with our kids they tend to have a little parent parent issues as they grow up and they start to distance from themselves. When you see that on screen in such a very profound way, it can bother them a bit. Especially with Gwen, because she still loves her father. Yes. But he's also super evil. You see that at the end of the half season. 1A. 1A. Where she she's talking to him, and she knows. She knows he's done a lot of bad things, and she knows he's going to keep doing a lot of bad things. But she's trying to see if maybe she can understand why. Like, maybe there's something redeeming in there. Maybe she can help him. Um, and then, no spoilers of what happens. You can see she never loses hope. Like, it never loses that connection. She doesn't support what he does, but she still is his family. Yeah. And right now, even with the spoilers, we are, as time of recording this, one episode into season 1B. So we're halfway through the season. So the spoilers aren't even spoilery. But what I also like... Is after all that, after we meet everybody, like the Diviner, um, we start kind of venturing into what the Federation is and the positivity and how the kids want to go and join the Federation. Uh, Hologram Janeway kind of teaches them that direction and stuff like that. And then they eventually find the Protostar. Again, spoiler alert, but just a little. They do find a starship in this show about starships. Oh. And, they're, and it all starts out in the Delta Quadrant, which I love because in the Delta Quadrant, they haven't heard of the Federation, anything like that. So you really get introduced to it. It's like exposition, but it's not forced at all. And yeah. that is real tricky to do because there's some times where like they do voiceovers and stuff like that. And it's just exposition or they invent a character just to do exposition, which arguably they could say Janeway was here. But no, it's uh, it's more like exposition of, well, this is what the Federation is. And they're all like, cool, let's go there. So as they get closer, as they travel through the Delta Quadrant towards the Alpha Quadrant, they learn more and more about the Federation. And uh, they, they decide they want to take the stolen ship that they stole and give it back to them and be like, here's the keys. Can we join up? And I mean, I, we don't know if that'll work out yet because, again, we're only halfway through the season. Yeah. 
that's this is all good news for the kids. The things that I like about Prodigy 2 is it's funny. It's got kid jokes in it. It is funny, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny for adults. But it also does touch on heavier subjects, which which are they make it easier for kids to process. Yeah. It's never like hitting a wall where you're like worried about it. We never had our kid who tends to shy away from scary moments, like shy away from anything in the show. Even with the Diviner's robot, he has a name, I'm sure of it. Yeah. But that thing's terrifying. We're the worst at names. We, we are the worst at names. But yeah, that one is terrifying. And the, the fact that he can like 3D print himself across the universe. <laughs> Again, our kid was fine with that and he, he would be scared normally. So... I like that idea. I like the mild sense of fear, but the optimism and the positivity getting out of it. And the comedy adds to that, which uh, Jankum is actually, he's there for comic relief. And he's Tellerite too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's Tellerite. So he also has that Tellerite personality of being really standoffish and grumpy, but he's the most happy, friendly Tellerite we've seen in the Star Trek universe so far. So it's pretty cool. And he wants to help and... He's apparently a very good engineer, so good, good for Jankum. Voiced by uh, Jason Manzukis. Is that his name? Jason? Yeah. Is it Jason? No, it's not Jason. No. You're thinking Jason because I'm, that's his I'm character Jason. and make yeah. him in the good place. Nope, nope. It's Jason Manzukis. Oh, that's, and that's yeah, not and even his, his is, character. It's Derek. It's Derek. Oh my goodness, that's embarrassing. Uh, big fans of the good place we are too, so that that's the thing. But yeah, Jason Manzukis voices him and it's he does a really good job. Jenkins really, really, he's he started off not my favorite, but he he's kind of getting up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you know he started off a little rough, and then he just he seems like a lot of fun now. The robot's name was Dreadnought. Oh yes, Dreadnought. Dreadnought. And then of course there's Murph. Oh, we forgot about Murph. Um, so where everybody's kind of got like a developing character arc, Murph is just a gel. He is a gel, but he is proving to be quite a useful gel. He can breathe in space, or if he needs to breathe. He can live in space. I don't think he, he needs to breathe. He can does eat Does he have grenades. a brain? He's got to. He does stuff. He, he's, he's self-aware. But let's not judge Murph here. He's, he, he's, he got a communicator. That's true. Yeah, he also ate grenades, though. It's just when they got the universal translator... He still could not translate what he's saying. Maybe he's that smart. Mm. There are some problems with Universal Translator that doesn't pick up with it. But uh, they, see, they introduce Universal Translator. These are things I ask ask uh, our kid about, and he is able to articulate what everything does, which is super cool. So we got into Prodigy pretty far, and we're watching it as it comes out because of... I don't know if they're trying to go back to the old thing but they're not uh they're not just dumping all the episodes so we have to wait every week which is terrible i know you know i go back and forth on this obviously i would love to see them all at once but i do remember as a kid watching thursday night voyager with my mom so i do remember that was always a fun thing yeah we should we should do like when 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 it does come out we should do like a trek night of snacks and stuff yeah yeah like a little little uh Doritos are kind of like in the shape of the Delta, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we could get a Dorito sponsorship, we will save Doritos a lot more. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Even without, we're going to say Doritos We're going to say Doritos. We like Doritos. Yeah. I don't think you can watch Star Trek without Doritos and Nibs and the Krish. I think you just like those three things. I guess so. <laughs> but, yeah. And no, Pepsi. 
So you know what? Actually, that's a, that's a good step too. If you're getting kids into track, make it an event. Yeah. If you really want them to like it. Now you got to be careful. The older they get, the more they're going to be resistant because they're too cool for it. Right. Right now we discovered a good age was seven to eight where they're not with their friends and they're not too cool for it yet. So we're, we're immersing them in that. So that took me next to the, we ran out of Prodigy because we ran out of episodes. So then I thought with our boy, what's, what's the next one that, uh, that we could watch. And I wanted to do a Star Trek movie, but a lot of them have heavy themes. Like the Abrams ones are just so much like chaotic noise that you want them to sort of get into the universe, into the world building. Yeah. And it, that's the thing is, is just, it is, it's like louder and faster and stuff like that. But that's kind of the way the world's going. The thing that I did think of, which got us into watching an entire movie was uh, The Voyage Home. It was tricky because I wanted to show them the voyage home, which is like things that had to happen. I had to explain to them, oh, they destroyed the Enterprise to uh, get rid of the Klingons and stuff like that. Now they, they, that's why they're cruising around the bird of prey. And he, he responded to that immediately. They did the quick flashback scene at the beginning of the movie. And he was happy with that. He's like, well, they destroyed the Enterprise. They're on this Klingon ship. And now they got to go back in time to save the whales. I don't know if your kid loves animals and stuff but most kids do most kids love animals there the whales are amazing they he he was a hundred percent behind george and gracie he wanted to see them um and it's also what really got to me is it gives us an optim optimistic look for our future because i had to stop and explain to him that actually after this movie came out the humpback whales were uh, put Endangered. on a well that they were uh, before this movie like a year before they were put on the uh, list to uh, you know save the whales and by like five years after they were a protected species and then they started flourishing they're not even on the endangered list anymore so we actually as a species somehow did something positive so the yeah. whales thing never really kind of happened so in our in our belief system it was because you know of people got together and did good, but in the Star Trek belief system, it was Captain Kirk. He he saved, he the, whales. saved the whales. So good, good for them. George and Gracie saved us all. So if a probe comes by, we're good. I don't know what the whale said to the probe, but anyway, that doesn't matter. He loved it. <laughs> he loved it. He, we we had to break it into two pieces because he had school, and we I didn't want to keep him up late. But he got back into it. He was excited to watch it again, which is unusual for him. But also in the in the voyage home. It's really good. There's not um, much violence. Uh, you have to explain why they need to get on board the USS Enterprise aircraft carrier for the nuclear stuff and explain how nuclear stuff powers the Klingon ship. And I had troubles doing that. So, and then there, there are a few moments, uh, a little bit of um, parental advisory moments. Really just one is back in the 80s when they made the movie, they use the word rusky a lot for Chekhov and the the underlying theme of uh, of Russian being on board an American aircraft carrier uh, as a spy was really kind of on the nose back then. But they used a couple colorful words you might want to just watch ahead for. Um, plus, they start teaching Spock how to swear. <laughs> that was... That was a big one. So just just watch out for that with your kids. If if they're sensitive or if you're worried about like swears Language. or anything like that, there's there there is like a running gag of them trying to learn how to communicate with 1980s California. Uh, one of the our favorite ones are the double dumbass on you. That one's always good. 
and I can't remember which one Spock said, the hell I am or something, but it was in a positive way. So our advice, well, at least my advice, you tell me if, you, if you're good with this. Okay. Is you start them on Prodigy, see if yes. they really get behind start that. There. Do Do the Voyage Home just because that's what I did. But if your kid's like less sensitive, Generations or First Contact would be good. But we couldn't do that with our kid because the Borg are terrifying. And in First Contact, they're super terrifying. Yeah. Generations... Generations wasn't too bad, but Data kind of goes through some pretty rough times there. So uh, it's it's really up to you and what your what your child can really process. Just don't don't uh, if you see them kind of back in a way that's going to cause problems with Star Trek in the future. My concern is when he first saw the Borg in the Next Generation episode with Q. Um, I thought that was it. He was not going to watch Star Trek. Anything he associated with Star Trek now is with the Borg. Yeah, they didn't even really do anything that bad, but they're they're a scary villain. They who, are. When they, they... You know, even when when they first came out, they were scary. And when you think about now of classic good villains, like they're definitely up there. They they can be a nice scary. Well, the the thing is too with villains, like they always, some are redeemable. Some are like, oh, this is why they're doing it. With the Borg, it's just we're taking over your stuff. You're becoming part of us, and we're moving on, and we don't care. They yeah. they were just pure evil. And just the the way they adapt, like just knowing that if you find something that can defeat them for a moment, it won't be long before they can they can adapt and find a way to that that's not an issue anymore. Like that's just what makes a good villain because they just keep coming at you. Yeah, yeah, but that's also what makes a terrifying villain for your kids too. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. What what do you think? What as you saw, as not knowing Star Trek as well as I did, as you watch watch our kids journey through this. It was a big moment for me when they sat through an entire episode of Prodigy. And then when they started wanting to watch it more. Oh, can that's we true. watch Prodigy? Can we watch Prodigy? And that's then... that's true. I want to... I think... I think I'm going to start them with Lower Decks pretty soon. Because it is kind of more of a grown-up thing. But it, it's got humor that they could kind of get behind. And it's not too crass. I mean, nothing more than a lot of the TV they're watching. It's. I, I, think, it's, I think it's important that... The, that your kid feels comfortable with it and they're that that they're actually enjoying it there is an off chance too is slightly small that they might just not like star trek and then you just kind of have to give them up ex- for adoption ex- <laughs> yeah well, that or accept it and then yeah. you got choices yeah yeah i mean it's all up to you yeah no if if um if they're not in a star trek they're not in a star trek and give it time they might like loop around as well because our our youngest she, she's got no time for it, but I feel like she'll loop around. Oh, she'll loop around, definitely. Just the, the biggest advice I could give to you as a parent is just don't force anything on them. Because with me, it's actually worse. A lot of people say you force something on your kids and they're just going to reject it because they're being forced. And, and you know, if all else fails, just put it on in your living room when it's their bedtime. And <laughs> they'll sneak down the stairs and just pretend you don't want them to watch it. Put it on at bedtime. And I guarantee you, they'll get into it. That's not a bad idea. That's, But again, we don't want to bribe them into it. But I mean... It's not bribing. It's more manipulating. Yeah. Better. Better. Okay. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's kind of... That's what happened to us too. Because I think the reason I got into Star Trek is because we had four channels. And then Star Trek was on. And where do you go? The French channel or CBC? Yeah. And it was, at, it was on at like 9 o'clock at night. So... If you could convince your parents to let you stay up, and then just be like, oh, I just really want to watch this show, then 
you know, yeah. you got to get into it. I think so. And, and make it an event. That's what I want to do. Because uh, my main goal after all of this is this entire family is dressing up and we're going to a convention. That That's my goal. If it takes a year or five that, years. That's news to me. It's not news to you. It's just, I didn't say the entire family before. I said me and you. But it'll be good. It'll be good. And wouldn't it be fun to have the kids down there have a little Vulcan or maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what, a little Janeway. A, l- a little Janeway. Oh, we could do a little Janeway. I didn't think about. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I mean, they got costumes for everybody. Plus, it's a excuse for me to get a new costume too. Yep. We'll just have to get all Lower Decks costumes, obviously. Oh, obviously, yes. Obviously. They're, they're the most handsome of the costumes, I think. Yeah. I guess we'll call them uniforms. I'm just really into Lower Decks right now. That's good. Enough to let us buy some uniforms. We'll see. Okay. I, I hope we gave you some food for thought. Like, again, we are not perfect parents. Nope. But that, that's what worked for us. And it's where we're at right now on our Star Trek journey. And think about when they grow up just a little bit. They could be on the podcast when we're in season 55 or something. Oh, yes. But uh, our son would take over the podcast. Um, immediately. 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 But he would have a lot of insight, too. He, he would have a lot of insight. He's very... Um, good at coming up with ideas and speaking his mind. And, and I, I don't know if it's a little late, but he's part of the YouTube generation now. Yes, he's, he was, he, like most kids, was making YouTube video, imaginary YouTube videos at like three years old. Yeah, but he wasn't doing podcasts, so no. that means we're cooler than him. Yes, we yes. are cooler than our son. We are cooler than, well, we are not, High though. five. Yeah, we're, oh, my biggest problem is one that me and him are going to solve is, there's an issue between the uh, the warp drive with the warp nacelles having to be spaced together and have a direct connection with each other like Gene Roddenberry wanted. And then there's all of a sudden like one nacelle or four nacelles or like with a defiant. They don't even connect in the middle. And just I really want to know what his thoughts are on exactly how warp drive should work. How that warp bubble is created. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, well, I think in the future they realize that space is not flat. And so even if they're not connected, if they can have some sort of boomerang... I'm just going to stop you right there. You you think currently space is flat? Not flat, but like linear? Is space not... I think you're thinking time. Time time is kind of linear, but... Yes, but time and space are one in space. Yep. So in case anyone didn't know, which I'm sure most of you didn't, I failed physics 20... I failed physics 30. I failed physics 20. They let me into physics 30, which I then subsequently failed. What were they expecting? I don't know. I think I convinced them I would try harder. Did you try harder? I I think I did try harder, but I think that I just didn't have the foundational knowledge of physics 20 to do physics 30. Is there a physics 10? I don't remember. No, it's science 10. And then you branch out into like... How'd you do in science 10? I did well because I, I did good in like bio and stuff. Not not in physics though. No, not physics. Oh. So, space. <laughs> space is flat and linear. And time and space are one. Time and space are one. Okay. Um, any any advice for the parents out there? No, just have fun. Yeah, just have fun. Also, Prodigy has a video game coming out for the Switch. Oh. It might actually already be out. Uh, just do what you do. Uh, and if, if you have anything that works or any ideas, uh, leave us a message on uh, anchor.fm slash discoritos. Also check out, we have all our podcasts up on all the major podcast places now. Uh, Apple, Amazon. Stitcher? Stitcher, I think. Stitcher is a thing. We're on Stitcher. Oh, iHeartRadio. We're, we're on everything. 
And uh, check out our Facebook page. I think it's facebook.com slash discoritos. We're on there. Plus, we have a group that we just started. Only four members. I want to get more members. Check out our, our uh, group, Outpost 36. It's Star yeah. Trek Outpost 36. And that's just kind of where where we'll uh, be. We'll, we'll talk to everybody there. We only have like four members right now. We want to up that to 10. Grow. We're trying to grow. But until uh, until we get more followers, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Like, give us feedback. Let us know if you like these standalone episodes. Andrea is kind of uh, really into the doing the uh, watch-alongs and reviews. I, I could just watch episodes and talk about them all But day. look, we just talked about a kid's sing. The kid's sing it with 30 minutes, which is exactly how long we want to usually go for. Yes. And you, and you did okay? You didn't lose track? No. Well, there was that part where you said space is flat, but... Well, prove me wrong. Okay. Anyway, with with that being said, we still have no idea how to end these, so we're just going to do it as, as usual and just say bye. bye.